no second place. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, no second place. Like four people. Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. And good morning, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio on Saturday morning, April 13th, for your full house today. Goon's in the house. He had a birthday this week. Vinny the Shark had a birthday. I had a birthday. Mike gets his whole month of November together. Birthday week, WrestleMania week, baseball's on the way, basketball playoffs on the way today. Stanley Cup playoffs underway. It's been a crazy week, and we're here to talk about it with you guys for the next hour until 12 noon Eastern at 646-716-543. Of course, on Facebook Live, uh, we'd love to see your comments and uh, interact with you guys as well, um, and we will be doing that for you. So we're all here today. Lots to talk about. Um, Masters is underway. NCAA basketball season ended this week with Virginia winning a title. Um, so seriously, anything you guys want to talk about, throw it out at us, of course. Uh, and we're twittered over the top sport with no S. Um, but it's very rare, and for me I say get to, that we get to open with hockey talk. But when you have a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they have the season that they had, one of the best seasons we've ever seen in our lifetimes, and we all either financially or professionally put our lives on the line on them, hoping that they can win one home game, and they completely choke uh, it's worth uh, worth being the lead story. So I was at the Islander game. I didn't get to see the game. I know you guys were texting about it and watching it. So uh, what the hell has happened ever since that first period when they had a 3 nothing lead to Columbus, and uh, ever since then they've been outscored, uh, what is it, 9-1, to something like that? They got complacent. They got complacent. They got uh, arrogant. And the second and third period of game one, they got it taken to them. In their home building, they were dominated, absolutely dominated. And then last night, they came out lifeless. They came out dead. Vasilevsky let up an early soft goal, which just took the, the energy out of that building. And then that was it. It was all Columbus. And then Point got into a fight. You saw a little bit start to stir from, um, from Tampa Bay, and it was over. It was absolutely over. Bobrovsky made the saves when he had to, but it wasn't even that, Vinny. The power play looked lifeless. Columbus was getting to every puck. Columbus dominated physically. They, uh, Kucherov took a late boarding call at the end there. They are in the heads of Tampa Bay. Cooper, the head coach of Tampa Bay, just uh, doesn't seem to care and is, oh, you know, it's two games, whatever. Stamp goes called the next game must win. But, Vinny, watching that game last night, I cannot – I've never seen a number one seed in anything come out as lifeless as the Tampa Bay Lightning did. And we could talk about Tampa Bay as going down as one of the greatest regular season teams this year. 60 points. Uh, I'm sorry, what was it, over 100 points in the regular season? Over 120 points. Over 120 points. Um, ridiculous uh, what a regular season they had. Then they come into the Stanley Cup playoffs here, and they look completely lifeless, as you mentioned. Uh, completely outplayed, completely outcoached, completely out everything when it comes to that. Uh, you mentioned it uh, we were talking in the chat. Columbus was just clogging that net. Yep. I don't know why every team doesn't do that in the playoffs. I mean, God, these guys should get paid so much more money for taking the pucks they do from these guys, which is ridiculous. But regardless, Columbus completely outplayed the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were the greatest team, and they felt like I, you're watching this team, it just felt like they deserved that it was going to come to them. 
Columbus went out there. They got it. I thought Torts was great. Uh, I think he's completely outplaying the Lightning. And Tampa Bay, they got to go out there. If they don't win both of them in Columbus, you got to imagine they're done, right? What if they split them in Columbus and go back to Tampa? I think it's a, a relief for them to get away from home right now because the pressure is more on them at home after falling 0-2. But, I mean, the way Columbus is playing them, I mean, throw the seeds out the window and the regular season out the window, Columbus is the better team. And Tampa Bay, screw you guys because you're costing me so much goddamn money this week in game one and even more in game two, double, triple the amount in game two. I can't believe they lost the 300 favorites. They were down 2 nothing. They're plus 135 live money line. Tampa Bay Lightning, you disappointed me. You disappointed your fans. You disappointed a lot of people who place betting wagers at any casino. And this is the one thing that I'll say for Tampa Bay that gives them a chance. Not only were they the best, and sometimes over long series you see that. Don't forget, and maybe you don't even remember, but last year Columbus won the first two games in the first round in Washington. And then they came home to Columbus with a 2 nothing series lead. Washington fixed their shit, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. So has Columbus learned from that? Is this something that Columbus can grow from? Because right now they're in the same exact spot they were in last year. They've never won a playoff series in franchise history. They're going for their first one. So um, they can they like learn from it? Me, Rob. Yeah, I, I haven't seen them. So I, I, I couldn't like tell you a, a thing. They complete different team since that second period. They are, you know, guys like Riley Nash blocking shots like Tortorell likes and then sniping. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, Anderson throwing the body. And, you know, they've been talking about it on TV. I'm just repeating some things here. They are finishing their checks on everybody. And then they brought it up last night how uh, you had the shorthanded goal in game one. I think it was Kilhorn had the shorthanded goal, I think, uh, in game one for Tampa Bay. Last night they put uh, Felino as the bumper uh, on the power play and, and then prevented Tampa Bay from being able to put pressure up. And who's the coach of the power play on Columbus? Martin St. Louis, Rob. How sweet would it be for him to kind of just stick it to Tampa Bay one more time? Yeah, and he had a great year, especially getting uh, infected to the Hall of Fame this year. Live series line, what do you think it is now? Uh, I would say it's close to even. No way. I bet you Tampa's now plus 150. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. Plus 150, Columbus minus 200. This opened up, uh, I was telling Rob on uh, Swing with the Shark, it was minus 420 for Tampa for the opening series, and Columbus was like plus two, around like 250 around there. And now look at, look what it is now. Losing two games at home, pathetic. It's over. This I series still is like over. Still it's like over. I haven't seen the games, so this is completely listen to them. Kucherov's going to get a game. That, is that's going, a big part of this. I saw that. A that's a dirty hit. He's got a hearing on Tuesday, I think they said, right? He's getting a game. They're going to wait all the way till Tuesday for a hearing? Don't they play tomorrow? I'm almost positive that it was Tuesday. Oh, I'll take Doing a look. Yeah, somebody want to check that out? Um, yeah, it's just not something. He will have a hearing tomorrow, okay. uh, but that's today. Because they, they tweeted this yesterday. He's getting a game. So he, he might miss game three. I mean, you can't wait till Tuesday, and then all of a sudden the series is right. over when they come up with it, especially tomorrow, before, so. Tuesday, same thing. Yeah, so um, it's, it's just crazy because Columbus is the team, and, and that's another thing you have to think about. Tampa Bay was so damn good that they haven't played a meaningful game in months now. Columbus had a fight for their lives. Yeah. They made all those trades at the deadline. Duchesne, uh, Dezingle. Uh, they made the trade with the Rangers for McQuaid. I mean, they did everything that they could to try to make themselves a playoff team. And then you look, and with a week left, they're on the outside looking in. They win a couple of games. They get hot. A couple of shutouts in a row for Bobrovsky. They make the playoffs. It's kind of like that thing. You always heard about it, like Peyton Manning and, and you know, Indianapolis. You know, do you keep playing hard till the end, or if you let off, can you just pick it back up? And it seems that Tampa Bay hasn't. And, you know, you met all those were great points, and that's a great sell for the Blue Jackets. And obviously they're 2 nothing. It backs it up. But going into that, still knowing all that, would you ever – ever put your money on Columbus to win at least one of these games? Uh, game one, I told you. I, I, but game one, it's, it's not just that series. It's every, I, told my, I told everybody, 
you never know with these hockey series until you've seen a game how you know how you can look at these and it's very very hard to bet. Speak to Rob's point. The Nashville Predators looked as dead as Tampa Bay in Game One. Also, are they going to roll over I tonight? Mean, too? I have no idea because Dallas completely dominated them physically as well in Game One. But to your point, Vinny. Yeah, I would have in Game One maybe because Game One I feel like in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs there's there's no personality of the series yet. You just don't know what's going to happen. There's been a little layoff. I would have been with you guys last night and wagered the a house. ton on Tampa Bay. Um, so, uh, to your point, I could never, ever, ever um, have seen the first two games going Columbus's way with the way Tampa Bay played this year. They're just so good. I mean, on paper, and the games aren't played on and paper. Deep, every line. But, every my God. Line. And when it was 3 nothing, Mike, the first thing I'm thinking to myself, because I'm at the Islander game, I'm refreshing my phone, one nothing, 2 nothing. okay, yeah. There it is, three nothing, and I'm looking at no Stamkos goal, no uh, um, Kucherov goal. Nope. It's Kalorn and, and, and yeah, and goal. I'm like Sorelli and all these guys. I'm like these guys are getting it from their, you know, their bottom six forwards. Yep. They're unstoppable. Then all of a sudden, I just start getting these texts from you guys. Oh, Columbus got a goal, like laughing at them. Well, they haven't stopped scoring. Uh, it's it's crazy. And it makes tomorrow, honestly, if you're a hockey fan, it's a must-watch. Screw you, Tampa Bay. It's a must-watch. They're a must-win tomorrow. No, 100%. Because they're not going to nobody... – And they'll win because we're not going to wager them now. <laughs> they, we, we're, we're off that train. They're going to win now. Don't worry. And they're going to be nice and cheap. I so, hope they don't win a game ever again. What, can you get me the line for tomorrow's game? I'll, I'll see if they got it up. I'm sure they do. Um, I bet you they're minus 130. Tampa Bay is minus 130? Yeah. You think the that they're still favorites? Yeah. They ha- I mean, everyone's got to eventually, you know – Keep hoping black or red comes out, right? <laughs> yeah. Can't tie, though. Right. Yeah, there's no green. There's no double zero or zero. <laughs> um, Speaking of the other series, though, Rob, uh, congratulations. Your New York Islanders played a uh, last night. Yeah, game one, they played the Penguin style. A lot of scoring chances. Goalies were great. That game could have been 7-6. Last um, night was the Barry Trot style 2-8-T. The Penguins had no... I'm sorry to backtrack uh, back a little it's here, okay. but minus 135 for Tampa. Columbus is plus uh, 120. Mike was spot on, um, as always. Um, yeah, they, they played great defensive hockey. They couldn't score on the power play for the world. I mean, That's I thought that was going to cost them the game. When you start 0-6, including a minute for a 5-on-3, yeah. and you can't score... At home, and then Pittsburgh scores, you're like, oh, you know, this game we gave away. Uh, they get the goal quick, and then in the third period, I mean, Crosby has no points in the first two games. And he's taking penalties. Yeah, now he's, he's, he's penalties. pissed off. They're yep. frustrated. Well, penalties were terrible last night. Yeah, you got Jack Johnson running around. Come, did you see Jack Johnson come out of the penalty box, hitting one guy and then hitting the other guy behind him from uh, in the head? You're like, what, what are you thinking? Like, they're just completely off their game now. I'm not going to accept congratulations for a series because they haven't won a road game yet. Right. But um, I have to say, I didn't see them winning the first two I there. thought it would have been a split. Yeah. And, and you know, I guess you have to kind of sign for it. But uh, up to nothing for the first time in the series since 83. And the biggest thing is what you said, Mike. The Penguins just look frustrated. Like, yep. they look like they're just – something's wrong. So, we'll see if it, if it uh, stems over tomorrow. The one thing I say that I like about the Islanders tomorrow – a noon game for a home team in a playoff game is a really tough spot to be in. The fans are not nor- normally playing morning hockey. There's no normal routine that a home team gets to get in for a 12 o'clock noon game. Road teams, they're used to having a weird routine because it's always right. a different city, a different arena. I can see tomorrow being really tough for Pittsburgh, but they'll be desperate. 
I agree. The line for tomorrow, the Penguins are minus 200. The Islanders plus 170. I did not think – I actually think the Islanders deserve a little more love with the Vegas odds here. Minus 200. You're I, still talking about I understand it. it's a must win. Right. I and they're home. At home. It's Sidney Crosby. It's Evgeny Malkin. It's Phil Kessel. They've won cups before. I don't have an issue with that line. I mean, you know better than I, but uh, – I thought it would be a little lower. If there was a safer bet tomorrow, I would tell you the Pittsburgh Penguins win tomorrow. They yeah. got to. And, you know, the one thing with the Islanders I'm more conf- is – Sorry, Rob. I'm more confident with them than I would be with Columbus and Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, screw Tampa Bay. I'm so done <laughs> with them. I'm so finished with them. Watch them. They're going to go on and win the rest of the series. They're going to win four straight now, and I'm not going to profit them off it. No. I'll be livid. And then, and then are you going to get right back on them for the second I the second You know what? Now I'm just so anti them. And I love, I love the Maple Leafs or Bruins. Whoever wins that series, I'll be rooting for it. By the way, that series off to a one nothing start with Toronto winning in Boston. Boston gets the early goal. Couldn't score again uh, really in that game. Toronto really took it to them when it's 4-1. to one. But the last thing about the Islanders thing is, you know, if you watch a lot of Islander hockey, or if you don't watch a lot of Islander hockey, and you see that Matt Barzell last year had such a great year and Tavares was on the team and all that. And, you know, if you don't watch, maybe you think that's because they played together. Well, Barzell did all that last year playing with Jordan Eberle. Right. This year they didn't get off to a good start. Now the last month or so they've been back together, and you're really starting to see it pay dividends. Everly's had a great first He's two games. He's great the first two games. He looked great. I mean, that goal last night, right around Jack Johnson, the quick hands to go to the backhand far side. So um, them playing together is getting them a little bit, uh, you know, playing with Anders Lee over there on the left side is uh, starting to uh, give them some offense that they weren't getting. And Leonard deserves a ton of credit. Again, Barry Trotz's no system doubt. has helped him, but – He's been awesome as well, and he made a, a great save last night uh, right in front of the net pad save, left pad save. So um, he should get comeback player of the year in the NHL, actually. I think it's close between him and anyone else. They just and, split it with the other goalie on the team. Grice. Yeah. And uh, he even, I know. And Jeremy, the Masterson, too. Which Jeremy Rorick said he voted, I don't know if he has an official vote, Rob, but he voted for Leonard for the Vesna as well. So Are we going to see Grice? Here's, a, here's a good stat, though, Leonard, for the Lightning. The last three teams that were the best in hockey that started a series 0-2, uh, the Sharks and Canucks lost in 0-9 in 2012. Uh, in 2002, the Red Kings, Red Wings came back and won the series and then won the Cup. So that really doesn't prove anything. I'm sure both can happen. Um, <laughs> they won't be. What was, what was your question about Grice? Yeah, we're um, going to see Grice. You know, I thought that Grice, it was a good place for him maybe to start tomorrow. Uh, late game last night didn't get done until after 10 o'clock. Travel today, quick turnaround for a noon game tomorrow. The Islanders aren't a team with that number one goalie complete. This is not a, you know, carry price. In but, that. you know, I feel like Trotz can't do that. But at this I point, agree. Leonard he, was so if he good. If and they lose, he looks bad. Yeah. And, and it maybe takes some momentum and changes, you know, Leonard's mindset, which is probably a little right. fragile. You, gotta, you, you guys right know what he's gone through. So you got you to go for it. But the first time he falters, I don't think that um, – I really don't think that uh, Barry Trotz will be hesitant to put Thomas Grice in. Um, other series is uh, last night, the Sharks um, at home, fall. I know they got down a 3 nothing hole, came back, tied it, changed goalies, but Vegas just ended up being too much, and they have a split series now in uh, San Jose. Absolute wild game. I don't know if anybody caught First that First period was one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 3-0 to start the Knights, and then the Sharks end up tying it before the first period ends. Mm. So 3-3 going in there, but the Sharks weren't able to score again. Uh, future Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury. Did his job in the second two periods, and the Sharks, uh, they couldn't find the back of the net. For the last two periods, you got to stick it out to the nice goalie in the defense. And uh, on the other other matchup, the Blues and um, the Winnipeg Jets is just a crazy series as well, as Winnipeg now has lost both games at home. And the goalie, Binghamton, for the Blues has just been – he's been out of his mind. He really has. Just absolutely ridiculous. 
you know, last year watching the playoffs, the whiteout was one of the coolest things, and it's just not helping right now. The Winnipeg Jets are in trouble. And Rob's been on the blues. I mean, somebody has to make me look good because it sure as hell isn't the lightning and I, right now. So. Maybe, I don't know if you could still find it, but there was a dramatic shift in um, to come out of the Western Conference now. The Blues, after the game one, uh, the money shifted towards them dramatically, I read. Let's check it out. Uh, today, four more games on top. All them game twos in the uh, Santa Cup playoffs uh, starts at 3 o'clock. So if you're a hockey fan on this Sunday afternoon, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon, you got four games. All starting, you know, staggered. 3, 6, 8, and 10.30. So you could be watching from 3 till about 1 a.m. Hurricanes and Caps, then the Stars and Preds. It's the Maple Leafs and Bruins getting the prime time, of course. And then you get the Abs and Flames, uh, the Flames, the other team that uh, I've really been on. So them and the Predators. The Predators are the team that really needs to have a big comeback. Mm-hmm. This is the most important game for any team, is either the Predators or the Bruins. Today. I don't know which one. The Predators will spoil my parlay. It seems to be that's the thing you do at home. You, you lose O2, especially uh, over there. Uh, with Tampa Bay. Unless you have fans wearing Ashton jerseys. But, uh, <laughs> but as uh, B-Mod mentioned, there was a shift in the Stanley Cup. He's right. The St. Louis Blues are now the second favorite in the West uh, in terms of odds. Behind Calgary? Yep. Uh, Calgary is still number one, but the Blues are now plus 800. I'm pretty sure. I forgot what I told you. I think they were 1,200. Uh, they were like four teams at 1,200. Yeah. I think they're, they're there. with them with the, uh, Nashville, who is our pick. Um, what are you most forward uh, looking forward to watch? If there's one game tonight, Mike, that you could watch, which one do you want to see? Which one do you I think would say is the, the Maple Leafs Bruins? That's a that's a big time game for the Bruins. If you you only score one goal against Tam, uh, Toronto in Game One, and Toronto's not known for their defense and goaltending, um, I I think the Flames showed you something that Game One. Uh, they really took it to them in that second half of the game. Uh, ended up winning four um, nothing. Stars Predators. I'm completely staying away from. And the Capitals looked awesome. They really did. They kind of let Carolina get back into it. I just Carolina's a feel good story, Rob. I don't know if they have enough to go out and beat the defending champions. That's what I keep saying, but the odds always just steer me away. Game one, I should have bet a lot more on the Washington Capitals minus 145 for game one on their home ice, and I really didn't put too much as I should have put on Washington. It's the same today, right? Now today it's minus 165. Yeah. So still, I don't know why Hurricanes are getting the love that they're getting. I don't think they're all that great. I think we talked about that I don't want to see one of their celebrations. We talked about that on Swing with the Shark, too. We did. It was almost like – I don't, I don't, away from I don't get it. It seems like such a short thing. I don't get it. I think – go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick. Kucherov's phone hearing was this morning. It's already finished. They're just waiting for the official uh, word under the city. All right, well, NHL player safety on Twitter is uh, where you usually find that out, but I'm sure everybody in the world will retweet it too, so hopefully we can find that out by the end of the show. Uh, get it out there to you. Um, the, hurricane, play. the Hurricanes can win a game or two in the series, um, no doubt, especially at home, but uh, – you know, this should be Washington. Washington and the Flames, I feel like, should have it the easiest going forward as far as winning in the first round. Um, but we'll see. So, four games today. Um, but that's not the only playoff action you can watch, Vinny. I know that you uh, don't have a dog in the fight, guys, again. Your biggest uh, thing is the draft lottery. New York, by the way, with a good start with the Rangers. Yes. Uh, moved up to number two. Hopefully, for Knicks fans, that's a precursor of what is to come. I know Pat, Patrick NBA Ewing yep. will be the Knicks' good luck charm. <laughs> Um, so he knows about the fix. I mean, the lottery. Yep. So we'll see. We got the rig with him. Hopefully he brings the luck to the rig this year. So if you don't want to watch the four hockey games, there's four staggered NBA playoff games today. Vinny, what are you most uh, looking forward to seeing? I know net sixers around here is a huge deal. No, not really, but um, but no Joel Embiid. Is that, right. is that uh, something that's uh, actually going to happen? I love the Nets with the points as a potential upset. I love the first game we're going to see today with the NBA playoffs, and I love the last game we're going to see with the NBA playoffs. That's Spurs Nuggets. But uh, Nets Sixers with no Joel Embiid. The Sixers are a team 
they don't play team basketball. They're kind of all individuals over there. The independent contractors go out there and get their own numbers. Jimmy Butler, uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you see them all kind of, you know, doing their own thing. They don't play too much team basketball over there. And that could be a problem because the Nets, they're one of the best teams at playing team basketball. And D'Angelo Russell, we all know what a great year he had. They're finally healthy. LeBert, Dinwiddie, they got a good team. They got some good bigs over there in Jared Allen. They can compete. They can play some D when it comes down to it, and they can hit the clutch shots. They've been there all year. They've been competitive, not getting enough love. I love the Nets today, plus five and a half. Don't know if they're going to win, but give me those points. I personally have wagered on the Raptors, Vinny. Eight and a half. I just, I'm not sold on the Magic, man, and I, I truly think the Raptors will cover that. So that is my betting for today in the NBA. The Raptors are also a very quietly great team all year. Uh, Eight and a half. Ka- Kawhi Leonard doesn't get the star appeal that the yep. NBA wishes he and would get. And he's healthy, Vinny. But, he's oh, been arrested. Yeah. He's great. They handled him right. Uh, Toronto's got the home field, uh, home court. They've been great on home court all year. Orlando, they had a good season, good starting five, but they're no match for Toronto. They should have no problem winning the first two games at home. Um, are the Bucks and Raptors, there's like a changing of the guard here, Vinny, in the uh, Eastern Conference. No more LeBron, obviously. Um Boston, Boston's the only team that's in this playoffs that has any type of recent success, right. any whatsoever. Uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, any, none of these teams have done jack. So Goodbye, LeBron. Who, <laughs> who Bye, has man. the advantage? Are Milwaukee and Toronto so much better than the rest of the teams that this should come down to, like an easy Eastern Conference final? Or can a team like Boston who can draw from some experience, some star power, are they a team that's maybe a dark horse for you? Where do you see this Eastern Conference going? Because – to me, I don't know if Milwaukee's playoff tested. I don't right. know if Toronto can get the job done. Um, who, who do you like in this Eastern Conference? Who's Giannis has not made it past the first round of the playoffs yet, so inexperienced. They've obviously been a great home team, great team in general. They have a home, home court throughout the whole entire NBA playoffs, even if they get to the finals. Great season. Uh, Giannis probably the MVP, even though I do think it should have been James Harden. Toronto, they got Kawhi, who has all the uh, veteran leadership. But Boston, you're right. Uh, don't be fooled because of the four seed. They got the coach, and I know they haven't played to their potential, and they could just get things going. That team from top to bottom, very deep. They could get something going. Also, they got a favorable matchup, too, with the four or five, because they're facing Indiana, who's still a good team, but obviously with the loss of Victor Oladipo, there's, they shouldn't be a match for the Boston Celtics. And that spread's only seven tomorrow, Vinny. I feel like a trap to you or no? You know what? I kind of like Indiana. I think it's a lot of points. And, again, they, they're still a good team without Oladipo, but that's what's going to hurt them overall in the end. But uh, Boston at home, they haven't been that great. Uh, like I said, any moment they could click. But a lot of points, I can't be laying that for Boston Celtics. The Western Conference, um, Golden State, Denver at the top. I just don't feel like Denver can hang with Golden State. Am I wrong no, on that? No one can. That's why. Um, well, how serious is Curry's injury, the ankle? Um, we'll find out. I guess we'll week. find out how he plays tonight. And uh, when they go up 2-0, he plays game three. Because you know they're going <laughs> to beat the Clippers. They're going to smoke them. They're going to sweep them probably. But uh, we'll see if, if it's that bad. If they're, they're obviously going to win the two games at home, right? I can't imagine that happening. But I also said that. Well, about the Lightning, Lightning, right? But the Warriors are more important, if you ask me. So if they're up 2-0 and you see Curry sit, then I'll be concerned about the ankle. The Clippers have a pretty damn good record for an eight seed. They're I mean, a good team. Not many eight seeds in the NBA I've ever seen have had 48 wins. I mean, look they at the East. they're their best player, too. Yeah. At the East, the eight seeds are just a 500 team. Mm-hmm. So um, who do you think in the West? Is it Harden and the Rockets? Is it Utah, Oklahoma, Portland? Who's the team? Uh, Portland, I don't think, could do it without losing. They nah. lost a big guy. We were watching against yeah. the Nets game. You're wasting, your, you're wasting your breath, Rob. There's nobody can Nobody can, nobody can give them? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. But I will say in the first round, uh, I could see the Rockets not advancing past the first round. If they do, you get Rockets-Warriors, which everybody wants to see. And it's not going to be a Western Conference Finals. That would be the semifinals. 
But I could also see the San Antonio Spurs beating the Denver uh, yes. Nuggets. Yes. I really could. Now, last year we saw the Rockets. Greg I love Greg Pott, man. And, I, and not, not to say the Nuggets are a bad team, and they're also one of the best home teams in the NBA as well. But outside of Jokic, they don't have that next star power. Not saying the, the Spurs have a lot of star power, but they got the mastermind over there in Greg Pott. Last year we saw the Rockets take Golden State to a game seven with an injured Chris Paul. This year they're more healthy. Right. They, you, don't, you still don't think that uh, they're a team that can knock off Golden State? Or was yeah. last year kind of – they had everything they could do to get to game seven, and this year they can't do it? Nobody's beating Golden State. That's just plain and simple. Nobody – and uh, you know what? Like Cousins wasn't even a good fit for them, and they're still going to find ways to win. They're, I know I understand your point with a healthy Chris Paul, blah, 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 but who knows? They'll probably get hurt again. Uh, this time it's going to be a little closer if they make it past. they got to beat Utah first, man. And is James Harden going to get all these traveling calls? The refs actually tighten up on the defense. They let people play with contact. He has that step-back travel all the time that we all know. Uh, the refs can be a little tighter on James Harden because if, if so, that takes him out of the game, and then the Rockets are in trouble. Any upsets in the first round that you could see? Is it San Antonio the biggest one? San Antonio is the biggest one, definitely. That's a, that's a seven over a two. And um, I, I do love the Nets, but I don't see them knocking down the Sixers. And I, I think everybody, everything else goes chalk besides that. All right, 11:25 on over the top sports Saturday morning. 25 minutes of playoff playoff talk here. Um, we'll have content throughout the week, of course. I'm sure Swimming with the Shark will have some good uh, playoff stuff. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday, right? No, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday at noon. So um, uh, baseball, Mike. Um, yesterday or the other day, you got everybody's uh, oh Boston. And then they came back and won the game. Um, but, you know, still looks like uh, it's so hard to predict in this type of weather and this early in the season. But what this week has impressed you the most? Is it Pete Alonzo? I mean, this guy is off to a historical start. I know you're a Mets fan, too, so maybe something close to your heart. Uh, yeah, he looks awesome. And he is one of the hardest hit balls that we've seen since that cast. It's really it's Stanton Judge all the way down with Alonzo mixed in uh, in the since that cast started with the, the hardest hit home runs. Uh, he looks good, Rob. But again, he hits a, a big time home run, gives you, you know, helps you get the win, and then he's sitting yesterday. So it's really Mickey Calloway and the decisions I think are going to come back and bite him in the ass at some point during the season. The Houston Astros this week just dominated the entire week. They look awesome. Um, the Boston Red Sox are beating up on the Baltimore Orioles. So you're, I expect you to beat up on the Baltimore Orioles. I'm not impressed with them. The they start have to. <laughs> exactly. Besides Rodriguez last night, the starting pitching has been both. You know what? The entire season so far. Snell hasn't looked good. Baldi's given up a, a run in innings so far, if you go look at his stats, uh, and he's walking guys like crazy. So that signing that looks like it's going to come back to bite them. Um, and it's Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners coming back this week. Uh, they beat Kansas City in the ninth inning where Billy Hamilton got injured, and we don't know what's happening with him. Uh, that looked bad. He got carted off. Seattle Mariners, besides last night, are still winning games. They're still scoring a ton of runs. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, it's going to be a wild season. It really is. There's a lot of teams right now that you think can sustain. Do you think the Mariners are going to be like this most of the season? I think they can win 82 to 85 games, and you're still talking about them in September. Not that they're going to get in, but just they're relevant. Obviously, the Astros are winning that division. Yeah. But um, that's definitely – you probably had them on the under going into the year, and that's a lot more games than you thought they were going to win. It is. I thought the offense, though, would be better. I, I really did. And you have uh, Domingo Santana's busted out. Bruce has seven home runs Tim already. Beckham. Tim Beckham looks awesome. Uh you know, one of your hitters that has been there, Kyle Seeger's not even playing right now. So, Hanager looks awesome. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Labandan, whatever his name is, the lefty. Oh, Vogelbach. 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 <laughs> and let's talk about him for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I can pronounce that one. I've been <laughs> Vogelbach has been awesome. And this is a kid, he's probably about 275, and that's being generous. 
uh, and he just rakes. And he's done it at every level, uh, level, and that's why I've said on Twitter, I'm buying into him in fantasy. He just has to find the place to play because you have Edwin, Bruce, Malik Smith, Hanniger. There's a lot of players out there with the outfield, first base, and DH. You just have to find a place for this kid to play. But he is a beast, and he has hit on every level. Um, let me read this lineup to you, Vinny, for today's Yankees game. Oh, God, I don't like it. I saw it already. <laughs> Garner, Judge, LeMayhew, Torres, Bird, Frazier, Tuckman, Higashioka, and Wade, CC Sabathia making his season debut on the mound. Tuckman, Higashioka, and Wade is what I think I would see on, like, St. Patrick's Day in a split <laughs> squad game. Not in a big, meaningful game for the Yankees, who, listen, it's early and they're floundering, and we've seen – the Dodgers last year come back after a bad two months, not two or three weeks. The Cubs do it in the past. Um, and they face Ivan Nova at mm-hmm. the stadium today. But, I mean, the injuries, uh, when do they end? And this is the, the result of it. And you know what? That's not a bad lineup for a team with as many injuries as the Yankees. Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of teams that would sign up for that lineup. But regardless, I had somebody complaining to me that DJ LeMay was standing third. Maybe he could finally be the protection Aaron Judge needs. Uh, granted, I mean, you look at that bottom lineup under Quinn Frazier, it's, it's hideous. Those are names Yankee fans don't even know. But um, CC Sabathia back today. Uh, even Nova, Ivan, Ivan Nova's pitching today. Just stare at his pitches. He doesn't throw strikes. Take the walks, and they should be all right. They got screwed last night with the rain out. They, they got called in the seventh inning. They were down two runs, so who knows if they would have won or not. But either way, they weren't granted the chance. Yankees are banged up, man. Gary Sanchez down. Hopefully, Giancarlo goes back. Dallin Batanza set back. Luis Severino set back. They uh, still have a pretty easy April schedule. It hasn't changed. They uh, face the Red Sox after the White Sox series. Then they get Kansas City. Then they go out west of the Angels and San Francisco. All winnable games, but not having your guys here really makes the Yankees just an average team right now. And thank God the Red Sox are doing what they're doing. But the Tampa Bay Rays, they look like they're for real. So the Yankees might have to go out there and make that move for Dallas Keuchel or something because they are so banged up. They're producing very ugly lineups right now. And it's just, uh, it's just an ugly situation. There's not much you can do about the injuries. They're def- definitely taking a toll on the New York Yankees. And it's funny when you have injuries and all these problems, and the guy that you're counting on to help get you back on track is CC Sabathia. Yeah, and who knows how he's going to do today uh, for a start back. You know he's not going deep in the game. Uh, who knows what he's got. Uh, the Yankees, they got to put up some runs today. And against Ivanova, they could definitely do that. Mike, we knew that the Marlins were going to be bad. The Royals were going to be bad. The Orioles were going to be bad. What's going on with Colorado? They're off to a really rough start. I think they're 3-11, and 3-12. and 12. I know mm-hmm. the Braves swept them this week, which the Braves suck. They shouldn't sweep anybody. They should win today against Vargas. Yeah, well, they already got – they lost two games to the Mets. Yeah. So, but Alex um, Rahm and Noah, you're not seeing them this year. No, we saw Noah. And the Grumps um, tomorrow. We saw – oh, no, we missed Noah. We yeah, saw, right. I knew we saw one of them. The Grumps Four-game oh, okay. series, yeah. Okay. Um, we saw Mats and well, Wheeler start. Absolutely it doesn't matter. Play. You can't lose two in a row to the Mets at home. But anyway, what's okay. going on with Colorado? Colorado's just not hitting. And the pitching actually hasn't been bad. They're, they've done a decent job pitching. Nobody is hitting in that lineup. I don't think Arenado has a home run yet on the season. Dahl is hurt. Story is there. But, you know, whatever. Um, McMahon is on the DL as well. They have some injury issues there. They're just not hitting yet. I'm not really too concerned about them. I was very high on them. I said that they would uh, compete for a wild card. And uh, right now I look like an idiot. But I think as the weather warms up a little bit, the ball will start flying out of there. Really not concerned. That's yeah. a good hitting team. It, it is. And, you know, it's a division where right now it's San Diego's got 10 wins and they're at the top. But Colorado's really only four games behind the Dodgers. And that's really the team that you're going to have to try to compete with at the top of the division because you're going to pass Arizona and San Francisco, you would Easy. think, just by default. Agreed. 
And I just got to get up there and try to get one of those wild cards. Probably better than San Diego. I don't know about that. San Diego actually looks pretty good this year. San Diego looks pretty good. They have a, a very interesting lineup that you like, you know, with the kids and Machado. A competitive and lineup every night. Hosmer sucks. They have the young pitching right now, which is in- interesting. I think Strom goes today, right, uh, against Arizona. Um, the issue I have, though, is they're only going to have about 140 innings out of all of these pitchers, right? So then what happens? What happens after the All-Star break? At, who's starting for them? Because you're not going to push all these kids. They're not going to do it. it. Just That's just the way baseball works now and coddling. So who will be pitching for them in the second half? That's a good point because they're going to need these guys if they want to be good. They're all young and they all have limits. And right now their whole franchise has kind of been um, uh, with, uh, rejuvenated by just the signing of Machado and then bringing up the kid too to play, Tatis to play shortstop. So yeah. it's a little bit of an exciting time there. But when that – um, adrenaline kind of in the team goes away. Will they have enough to still compete through, even through, especially to get them to the dog days? I think I they're a 500 sure. team. You know, I don't, I don't think it's anything crazy. But the Rockies are a team. You always see them go on a, like a 10 game win streak throughout the right. season. But they're a team they can't afford it any, anymore this year because I think the NL Central and the NL East are definitely the teams that the divisions that are going to produce those two wild card spots. You have to imagine. And the Rockies can't be buried in that division because they, they're competing. Obviously, not the Dodgers. They're going to win that division. They're competing with the NL Central, NL East, and I just don't think they hold highs with that, especially with the start they're off to right now. Fantasy-wise, looks like we're seeing the Cody Bellinger of two years ago, not yes. last year, Mike. Mike's boy. Yeah, my team is doing horrible in Vinny's league right now, but he has been one of the few bright spots. Him and Chris Davis, I 2017 see. MVP, right? Um, Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I, he looks awesome. That team looks good offensively as well. You have That's guys like Kiki head. Hernandez and – and other players like that, Rob. Um, listen, the more concerning thing is a guy like Chris Bryant today. He's sitting out of the lineup. He's really struggling. He scored a run yesterday. He's one four. Where you know the shoulder's supposed to be fine. Where is this Chris Bryant of three years ago when he was the MVP? Rizzo's hitting two forty something. Yeah, he had a home run, a bomb yesterday. But I'm more concerned of these established players. Where are they? I'm more concerned of what's going on with over there with Goon. You okay? We're good. We're good. <laughs> Goon's like rearranging like the, the <laughs> hockey table and he's redecorating big Mike. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, two weeks in, um, your team's off to a rough start. I'm sure you find a way to start using your pickups though. Uh, I gotta be at least at 50. I haven't looked. <laughs> I have to be at least at 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, there we go. This is what happens when you I would say about Green Goon over the top after he spends a weekend when, in Atlanta When you pick up 50 guys, I mean, at least 10 of them got to pan out, right? 46. Not 46. bad, not bad. Ridiculous. Week and a half. I've seen him do it in football, which is even funnier. Crazy. Because you don't play every day in football. At least in, at least in baseball, you got teams missing games, rainouts, off days, and football once a week. I've Going seen him have 500. Well, you're 10% there already. On the way. Um, yeah, so, listen, a lot of other stuff going on. Masters, uh, NCAA tournament ended. Your th- final thoughts on, uh, you know, one shining moment for the NCAA? Sure, yeah. <laughs> they don't play that dumb song. Uh... Uh, it was a good finals for everybody who was uh, making fun of it. That was going to be low scoring. It definitely started off that way the first 10 minutes. Uh, back and forth, back and forth. Texas Tech, they uh, they literally lost the finals by a pinky. They, they reviewed the play in overtime and and it, got, it was literally off by his pinky by maybe a centimeter. It was enough. They were down two at that time to overturn it, and Virginia didn't stop scoring the rest of the way. But Texas Tech battled back by 10 two times in that game. Um, they, they were an idiot for taking that shot with 10 seconds left. He put it up there. 
and they almost got burned in reg- regulation. But, I mean, for a game to go to overtime, I don't know the last time a national title game went to overtime. It was a great game, and all you could ask for, and everybody complained about what great defenses they were. They both put up around 80 points. So yeah. it turned into a very, very good game, and Virginia got the best of them at, uh, at the end, finally. But Texas Tech was definitely – they put up a bigger fight than a lot of people would have expected. No, I mean, I was at the Raw after WrestleMania, so I didn't get to see it. But You got to see the bar. I, yeah, in the main event. Um, but I see, like, you know, all these tweets – in the early in the game, making fun of it. Oh, there's going to be more points scored tonight in the Yankee game. You know, yeah. Runs in the Yankee. Then, you know, oh, after 10 minutes, the Yankee game still has a chance. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you could see the tweet turning to you just get like, oh, my God, holy shit. Yeah. How did he miss that or whatever? And and all of a sudden, it looks like it was a classic game. And you got Virginia team that got knocked out in the first round last year. It looked like they were going to get upset this year. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they go on and they win the title after being, you know, in a lot of trouble in the first round. Yep, Tony Bennett finally gets one. He's been a coach. Uh, obviously, ACC is no easy task to uh, do what he's done over there. So, for Virginia to make a name for themselves over Duke and Carolina in that uh, conference, props to him. Uh, he's a guy who's always – Preach defense, defense, defense. He always had one of the best defenses, but this year was the best offensive team he's ever got. And after losing the 16 last year, he goes out there and wins the national title game and shuts everybody up about that 116 upset. Well, not this year, but last year we had overtime in the NCAA tournament or NCAA final for uh, football. Mm-hmm. And this year that was two his game. And this year you get it in basketball and uh, frozen 4-2 for like the 10 people on Long Island. Uh, that final's coming up, too. We had an overtime game. But the Texas Tech, it just blew my so. mind. They had a three-point lead for Tech. Um, they had three people go to the rim on that drive, and they left DeAndre Hunter wide open for the three for such a great, smart defensive school, great team all year. They make their biggest defensive mistake when it mattered the most. And that just seems to be one of those things where, of course, of course they did. Yep. Of course, which is probably what the Islanders will do, and that's probably why they end up losing. Um, and screw Tampa Bay Lightning. Mike, uh, yeah, just going, <laughs> going back to baseball real quick, we really have to hit on the Tampa Bay Rays, and I don't think they got enough love from us today. And you're talking about a team that is giving up only about 2.5 runs per game, which is just – it's ridiculous. They do the bullpen day. Glass now has been amazing. My boy. Austin Meadows has been amazing. Also my boy. Um, these are two players that they got for Chris Archer. Chris Archer – yeah, Chris Archer's having a nice season so far. But Chris Archer, at the end of his Tampa Bay career, was nothing special, not healthy – not hitting 200 strikeouts. This trade looks like a steal. You have to look at the Tommy Pham trade. They gave up pennies for Tommy Pham to the Cardinals, who looks awesome. They bought low. They did. They brought in Yandy Diaz from Cleveland, who I mentioned the other day on the baseball podcast, who's changed his swing. He looks awesome. This is a team that is not getting enough love. Uh, You want to talk about division? They should be in the same conversation now with the Yankees and Red Sox for a division, and they are a serious contender for a wild card. And they got a pretty comfortable lead right now. Let's not forget, this is a team that won 90 games last year, and they've only gotten better in the offseason. And they're a team that looked like they were trying to lose 100 games last year. If you remember two offseasons ago, getting rid of everybody, of Evan Longoria out there, you know, just saying, what are they doing? Like, it's not right for the team. And then they went out and silenced everybody scoring, uh, winning 90 games. And uh, this year, it looks like they're able to do it again. And they started off, Mike, with that series against Houston at home, winning three or four. Yeah. And, and when you can beat Houston like that, that gives you a lot of confidence that we still have it. And that was impressive. And now Houston has gone home. And listen, every, you can't – it's even like the playoffs, too. You can't rule a team out before they've gone home. And people were getting on Houston because they weren't scoring a ton of runs like they did last year. Now look at them. They went home. Everybody, Everything calms down when you go home, right? And now they look like a, a just an absolute powerhouse team. Uh the pitching is suspect for the Houston Astros, though, right now. You had Brad Peacock got moved out of the rotation. He goes out into the bullpen. Colin McHugh has done a nice job so far. 
Verlander and Cole haven't even been Verlander and Cole yet, which is a scary part. So I still, listen, I don't know what their finances are. They're still a team to me that really should be looking at Keuchel. There's a lot of familiar, uh, you know, they're familiar with each other. They know what they're going to get out of him. They don't have to give up a pick. Exactly. It's their own team. They're a team truly that um, when you, there's only a few teams in baseball, Vinny and, and Rob, if you look at them, that I could say they're a serious World Series contender. And it's the Houston Astros. Go out and bring in Keuchel. And they still have a deadly secret weapon in the minors as far as Whitley Whitley. as well. So Because of you guys, I've had Forrest Whitley sitting on my bench in one of my leagues just waiting and waiting. And his first start was uh, 8Ks in seven innings, uh, hitting 96, 97. He was dominant. And as soon as – if there was no Super 2, he'd be up already. He'll be up in, I would say, June. Whenever it no passes. Matter, no matter what their situation right. is, they'll be up. I think they're looking at him as somebody that they can put in the rotation for the second half and head into the playoffs. They are considering him in the bullpen, though, which I, I hope saw they don't to limit I him. I hope he starts. Yep. Um, what and else, Mike? Speaking of uh, Super 2, Rob, uh, the GM of the Toronto Blue Jays said, uh, El Guerrero should be up any day now. That's what any day uh, that any day will be after Super Two he passes, though. He had an absolute though. bomb. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't know if anyone told He looked healthy. Um, <laughs> listen, there was all that talk that he put weight on. It's still – this kid is special. And you're looking at somebody, as far as fantasy goes, that could be end of first round, second round talent. He's supposed to be better than his father, which is – that's kind of high praise, right? Yeah. Better than your father? I mean, that guy was an all-star. So, uh, definitely just something to keep an eye on. He's owned in every league, but – We've talked about it. There's not much to enjoy with the Toronto Blue Jays, except when Guerrero gets there. Um, and you saw last year with the, my boy Acuna that, you know, coming up after Super 2 is not going to really hurt you as far as winning Rookie of the Year or making your impact on either your team or on the league. Um, and Toronto really could use them because Toronto's off to a bad start. and They could use that uh, little jolt of energy. And obviously the big bat in the middle of their lineup, they really could use that, especially if they want any chance of having any kind of chance at competing in the second half of the season, which they probably don't have anyway. No, they don't have it. What are you kidding me? That team sucks. I mean, you or I can pitch for them right now. I mean, that's the biggest problem. But at least to give their fans something to watch as uh, hopefully their hockey team bows out in the first round like a bunch of bitches that they've always been up there in Toronto. It's all about the NBA in Toronto. Let's go. That's the only team that has a chance to win. Yeah. Cleveland Indians need to be talked about too, guys. Uh, Carrasco got rocked last night. Uh, Clevenger now is out uh, a real long term with that injury. Um, Lindor is still out. Uh, Kipnis is still out. Jose Ramirez is playing. He's still hurt. Uh, there's no question about it. He's playing hurt to try and just have some sort of presence in that lineup. That's a team. And listen, the Minnesota Twins had an interesting week. They had two uh, blizzards, snowouts, whatever you want to call them. They played in the National League, so Cruz didn't play, right? That's a team that you really have to keep an eye on. And, and they are serious contenders when we talk about that central. Because the Indians, with the Clevenger injury and all the other injuries that they have, I'd be concerned about them. I really would. And you look at that lineup, and it's just disgusting. It's very, very bad. They're a team that would sign up for today's Yankee lineup in a heartbeat. Right. Lindor and Ramirez scare me. Nobody else. Yeah, and they're both hurt. I, I think I agree with you because Ramirez is playing hurt. And obviously Lindor has been out for – he's going to be missing some significant time now. So without those two – End of the month, I think, You actually. take away the starting pitching of the Cleveland Indians, this is a very mediocre team at best. I completely agree with you. Speaking of significant time, uh, WFAM reporting, but Tansis another six to seven weeks from now. No good. So we saw that he pitched the other day, had some more discomfort, um, and now six to seven more weeks. The signs weeks. were there, though. In spring training, he was hitting 89-90 with his fastball, and he just said he had to build it up, build it up. The signs were there. 
Uh, you guys know how I feel about them. If any team can handle an injury like this, it's the Yankees. That bullpen is still phenomenal. I'm more concerned with the lineup. Thank God they got death, man. I mean, this is, that lineup could be a lot more ugly. If so. And I think Stanton will be back by the end of the month, too. He I seems think, like the only guy on track to actually right. make his – He understands there's a little sense of urgency with the lineup and what his bat can bring. So. And he, when Judge was hurt last year, he actually played hurt with the right. Yankees. So. I'm not, I think he'll be back by the end of the month. I really do. And, you know – They need him. One of the things with, you know, with Britton and Adovito and Chapman, I mean, you could deal without Patances and maybe it's even better off for him that he doesn't pitch in most of the first half of the season. But, um, you know, this Yankee team, it's starting to, you know, look like some of these injuries are longer than you thought. And the one guy that everybody seems to be more worried about than the Yankees letting on is Andujar. I mean, you've heard as much as he might have to have surgery to finish the whole season, and you're hearing that he might have avoided it, and he could be back sooner than later. So it seems that's like a big one for the middle of their lineup. He's supposed to be getting season-ending, and he doesn't want to. Yeah, all signs point to that he should be getting season-ending. That's scary yeah. because that's a big part of their lineup, and especially when you decided that, you know, Troy Tulowitzki was the guy that was going to be your shortstop right. uh, to, up until Didi gets ready because that's just never was going to work. He's never going to play Naturally. all the time. I was never on board for it. Obviously, it was the cheapest contract you could possibly get for a uh, veteran, but this is Troy Tulowitzki we're talking about. I understand he was a Yankee fan. He always wanted to play here, but the guy's never, ever healthy. It's been the story of his career. The Andujar injury is scary. Cause a torn labrum in the shoulder is what I had. So I can tell you right now, when you tear your labrum, your shoulder basically feels like it's just falling out until you start physical therapy or you, you get the surgery. The surgery after that, for six months, you really can't lift it over your head. The and last thing the Yankees need is for him to come back and then exactly. get the surgery and waste the more time. The smart thing would be now is to have him get the surgery now. Be thankful you got LeMahieu. Hopefully, Tulowitzki, God knows what's going on with him. But thank God for LeMahieu. He's also hitting great 439 for everyone's complaining about him ending third. I think he could actually give Judge the protection because he's not seeing a pitch, Aaron Judge, this year with the lineup looking the way it was. Uh, and Duhar, I agree. should definitely go out there and get the uh, shoulder surgery because I feel like it's, that's what's supposed to happen. They're prolonging it. He doesn't want to do it, but it's the right thing to do. It sucks, but it's going to have to be done. And Didi will be back at the break. So you can get to the break with LeMahieu playing every day. There's no 100%. issue with that whatsoever. LeMahieu's an everyday player to begin with. Right. He's just not I on have, the Yankees, the only team that he's not. Right. And I have no issue with him playing there, you know, at third base every day. I would have no problem with that. I'd, I'd feel comfortable with that. Um, one guy I was wrong when we talked about, um, our preview was Jeff McNeil, Mike. He's still showing that he's a hitter in this league. Um, 88 hits through his first 75 career games. That's the most in Mets history. Yeah, he looks awesome. He really does. He looks like that Daniel Murphy prototype. Uh, he's not going to hit for a ton of power, uh, which Murphy only started doing later in his career. He looks like a very good contact hitter that can hit lefties, and he should be playing every day, Rob. There's no reason. He's 20-something years old. He's been in the minors you know, most of his career. There's no reason to give this guy a day off. There's none. And Mickey Callaway continues to just screw around with the lineup and try and get everybody in there. And eventually it will bite him in the ass. Um, I agree. I don't get why. And did you see his answer to why people Alonso didn't play yesterday? Well, if I wait to sit him till he's not no, hot, never I'll sit. never sit him. Shut up, dude. He's an idiot. Shut up, Mickey. Come and on. I, I know and it worked out the Mets won the game easily, right. but come on, dude. Hey, the guy's on a hot streak. Like I'm so sick of this analytics crap and, Somebody brought it up on a radio show I was listening to yesterday. Imagine if George Steinbrenner was still alive and running the Yankees. He would never let analytics run his team. No way. And you know what? Then we would see the team, that, all about that. the team that doesn't use analytics, how they would do against all these analytic-using analytic te- uh, using teams. I still think that the, the Steinbrenner way would be the best way. You also have Harper 
<laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, and Keiko and Kimbrel. Oh, we got injuries. Next, next. I mean, they'd have Kimbrel pitch in the fifth inning if it was up to him. They would have got Edwin Diaz, but no, you're and and somebody would get fired for these injuries. That's the other thing. He would hold somebody on the Yankees staff accountable for these player injuries, which is really stupid. But that was what George did. Well, hopefully, they just the injuries get out of the way now, and you know, by midseason, you're clicking. I listen. I'm not worried yet as a Yankees, uh, as a Yankee division better. I'm not worried yet. If Tampa Bay gets the ten games up on either of these teams, I would be very, very concerned. Exactly, I'd be very concerned. Um, still got to play Tampa Bay as well, which is going to turn into a big series now the rest of the year. Yep. Mets seven and one on the road. By the way, the first two games in Atlanta, they won. Uh, you know, seven games of the first eight on the road. So that that's pretty big. We haven't seen a Met lineup like this in years. You haven't. Cano's not hitting yet. Nimmo has done the bare minimum. We have Until not, last night, of course. Right. We course have not me. seen a Met lineup hitting like this consistently. The problem, the bullpen looks awful right now, and they spent money on that with Familiar and Justin Wilson. They need to, you know, Kimbrell's not the answer, obviously, but they need to be looking and seeing who they could bring in for that bullpen. Bud Norris is available. Bud Norris just failed his physical for the Washington Nationals. So <laughs> that's why that didn't happen. Even the, the Washington Nationals, 66 right now. But um, Bears uh, just got pushed back a day with a finger injury. So of course, because Purcell got pushed back a day too. Because I got Scherzer by accident in my fantasy draft. Um, baseball, hockey, basketball in the books. NFL draft two weekends from now. Draft will be ongoing. We'll see what's going on. We started to see some leaks for the NFL schedule. Looks like Odell Beckham will be in New York to start the season. I love that. So, good for him. Uh, Giants signed Sterling Shepard to an extension. I'm sure they said that they didn't sign him to trade him. So, we can only imagine where his good friends play in the NFL, and he'll be there by the end of the month. Um, Masters, Tiger Woods, star-studded leaderboard. Your favorite, Tiger Woods. You love him so much. Not my favorite. Not going to be talked about. Uh, he had a good day, sure. <laughs> He's had a good but, two days. Uh, Brooks Kepka is the man we should be talking about here. Um, he had an awesome round one, and then round two, he didn't play his best golf and still shot one under. Uh, he's the guy I need him desperately to win this Masters tournament because he pays out 2500 And, boy, after the 10th day lightning, I could use that 2500 let me tell you. But uh, it's a cloud leaderboard. You got, uh, I think, five people. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, all five all tied at uh, seven under. And then you got you got four under, six under, including Tiger. And then you got two five under and then a lot of four under. So it's very, very cloud. This is anybody's, uh, anybody's weekend. It's going to come down to who plays the best two days of golf. Brooks Kepka is my guy. Maybe Phil Mickelson can uh, emerge. Phil Mickelson also played one of the worst rounds of golf I've seen yesterday and only shot one over. He hit every single tree. He's driving out of the shoes when he swings that thing because he just can't, you know, outdrive the younger younger guys. He's 50-something. But he's literally driving out of shoes, hitting hitting trees and still finding ways to get on the green. So if he can just straighten out his damn driver, he actually has a shot this weekend. But uh, Tiger Woods, I will say, he played an awesome game. He was hitting long putts. Long putts that Tiger Woods of uh, recent memory was not hitting, and the old memory was hitting. So it seems like he's doing that. But he did miss a lot of gimme putts where he should have been the leader if they weren't. If he was hitting the, the closer putts. But for him, the, the long ones, that's a great sign for you Tiger fans. It's going to be a really, really fun weekend. Um, if you're not into golf, bet some matchups, bet some futures or something. Just follow a guy. It's actually a lot of fun when you have some money in the Masters tournament. So we'll see how it goes. Brooks Kepka, you're my guy. Let's go, Brooksy. Get it done. Now – before we get to wrestling, because we do talk a lot of wrestling, and WrestleMania was last weekend. Big Mike was at the big show last week. I want to get his thoughts on it. Just with the Masters, you talked about five guys tied for first. Louis Eustizen, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, Francisco Malnari, Jason Day. 
All of them have won majors before. Mm-hmm. Star-studded leaderboard. Oh, by the way, one shot behind Tiger Woods. Kind of a big deal. Oh, right tied with him, Dustin Johnson. Johnson this said. is the best. And they're saying it you know, all John over. You got Matt so Kuchar, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, like you said. Uh, and Phil Mickelson just three shots gotta, back. Ricky Fowler's in minus three. It's, it's anyone's game, man. This, it's that everybody shot so good on uh, round two. And it seems like the later in the day, people have been getting the uh, advantage and been hitting uh, the better shots. And the people earlier in the day have been struggling. But now that the cut's been made, everybody's golfing a little later. So these scores, they should hold up. This is a PGA Tour and CBS's absolute dream. And if they get Tiger in, Within a couple shots tomorrow, just within two shots to start the day, those ratings are going to skyrocket because love him or hate him, Tiger Woods drives golf ratings. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. 100%. I'm telling you, invest yourself in golf this weekend. The Masters is such a fun tournament. My, Big Mike, put some money down on somebody. Pick a guy. I suggest Brooks. Guy, I'm giving you enough money. Why are you just hand it to him? I'm right here. Just, you know, here you go. There, right? He's begging. <laughs> He's begging you. Hey, please give me some yeah. more money. Oh, God damn. Right. I invite you into my home, and this is what you pay. <laughs> um, one thing nobody lost any money on betting wise, but uh, you know, Mike, I think you might have gotten your money's worth uh, at WrestleMania, and I haven't asked you really about it. But um, your impressions of a really long day of wrestling um, with some pretty big matches, but a botched main event, which to me left a sour taste in my mouth because they made such a big deal about the women main eventing WrestleMania, and then they botched the ending. Tailgate was awesome. Um, Lesnar, Rollins kicking it off was awesome. Hogan, nobody expected that. The first hour was awesome. Even the pre-show, awesome, because you had the two title changes for the New York guys, the Long Island guys. It slowed. The Triple H match, the crowd was dead, and nobody cared. Really? I could tell you right now, probably about 40% of the stadium went to the bathroom for the Rey Mysterio-Samoa Joe match and was livid. They were online, and the match was over. 45-second match? Yeah. People were living Somebody about that. Somebody had to get squashed when it's gone right. for 10 hours. <laughs> uh, Unbelievable the, the triple, how long The Triple H match, the crowd was dead. The Reigns match, the crowd was dead. And then, you know, obviously it picked up for the, the the Becky match. Listen, I thought it was worth it. I thought it was a good time. I just hated the stage. If you look at uh, when they were here years ago and you look at now, Statue of Liberty, the bridges, everything looked awesome. This was just a giant screen. That was the greatest set of all time. What they did last time they were at it was awesome. Was I actually like the bridge as the ramp. Yeah, it was absolutely. I liked it on TV with the big screen. Well, I feel like the big screen, the end of, time. of course, helped because in such a big stadium. Now, how could you? How were you at seeing everything? From Saw everything. Seat? I was facing the entranceway and the ring. Saw everything. So you could see everything. You didn't yeah. have to look at a monitor no. or anything like that. Nope. Um, and they had fireworks for everything, which that was, was a little excessive. I like uh, that though. I mean, it looks like, like they, they have no pyro. Money. I love pyro. You, know, you, don't get that, you only get that one time a year. You might as well. That, it was for every single thing. I actually thought, and this is from someone who's very negative with WWE. Yeah. I thought it was a very good show, but it was just so painful and brutally long Agreed. that it just took away from what it really was. I thought the matches were very, very good. Um, I really had no complaints from besides uh, Paul and Dave's match. I thought that match was it, it sucked in general. Which was the longest match of the, <laughs> of the whole thing. But um, but I thought the matches itself were great. The results were great, even though most of them were expected. But it's just so long that it just took my interest out for the match that everybody really couldn't wait to see. And then it got ruined. Because could you tell there that it was a botched ending? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew. Everybody was waiting for something like, uh, you know, some sort of finish, some sort of something. That roll-up was a count to three. Nobody stood. Nobody knew until the bell rang and she started jumping up and down. Nobody had any idea the match was over. I actually thought Rousey pinned her. I was looking, I looked over to, to the people I'm with, and I'm like, wait, that's it? It's over? Like, that's that's the match. 
That's what they build up to for a long time. Um, they got her hand in the match, right? She did. And now you're going to have a lot of people out there, and it's not really fair. They're going to say, this is why women shouldn't main event. No, they put no, on some great matches. Good. It was a good match. It's just a botched finish, yep. and it's it's kind of on the wrestlers. Now, I know that the referee got reprimanded because probably they don't want to reprimand, you know, these three great athletes, but it, a botched finish is a botched finish. It was supposed to be some sort of roll-up, they're saying, because she, she would not tap out to Becky, she said. That was the issue with that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine, but now she's gone. She wasn't at the Raw after Mania. Yep. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey are not happy. Well, and, Sasha's not happy. Sasha's a, like, quit. They supposedly had hissy fits that they were going to lose to the Iconics. So. And she also followed AEW. And she unfollowed I saw, WWE. I saw. <laughs> that's right. Ambrose got a huge offer from AEW, which would be crazy. So I was at Raw after Mania. We yes. put the video up. Uh, he got a great goodbye. Yes. Fans were chanting, uh, please don't leave. And Rob's like, yeah, I tried that. He's leaving. And you got so, to see The Undertaker. Uh, yeah, and I got to see the worst main event on the Raw After Mania ever. It was and WWE worked. put up a poll yesterday, and it was like, oh, what were the greatest, you know, Raw After Mania moments? And it was like, world title change, Brock Lesnar's return. And I'm like, how about the bar in the main event? Like, the one I go to has a freaking bar facing Kofi Kingston, who's not even on Raw, and Seth Rollins for nothing. How about everybody goes to AEW? Hopefully they do things right. They let people bleed. You'll have your story told by Jim Ross. It doesn't get any better than that instead of Michael Cole with vintage. And, oh, my God, (laughs) I can't stand that guy anymore. But uh, I'm telling you, I'm pulling for AEW because I just want them to do everything that WWE is not. I'm really, I'm really just tired of WWE. And like I said, I actually enjoy wrestling. Well, then you would have enjoyed – look at this baseball score. It's 24-6. to Um, You would have enjoyed 27-6 now. You would have enjoyed um, the main event because the fans were so mad at the main event that they were doing the beach ball stuff. Mm-hmm. They weren't paying attention. Cesaro's running into the crowd. I don't, did they show it on TV no, or was that during commercial? They did not show So it must have been during commercial. In the middle of the match, Cesaro would run into the crowd, not like two rows in, like 20 rows deep, and take a beach ball and rip it up. There's somebody <laughs> else to get a beach ball. He'd run to the other In the middle of the match, he'd get off the apron, run in, and rip it up. Legit pissed at the disrespect. Too bad you didn't get a video of that. So they all started. <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But I, I didn't know if it was on TV or not either. Because nope. he would he would take the beach ball, bring it up to the ring apron, and rip it up. And he'd be like, look, but he's legit pissed. Like, you guys are disrespecting the yeah. match. Um, and then everybody started uh, chanting AEW for almost the entire last three minutes of the match. And uh, when the night ended, as soon as they went off air, Seth Rollins goes, I think you guys are a little pissed off, aren't you? <laughs> Well, yeah, dude, and it's not your fault because everybody loves what Seth Rollins did. But uh, all in all, I think it was a pretty decent Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania weekend. It was a good weekend. Uh, the Hardy title change was cool to see. Yep. How would you feel about them doing a SmackDown and Raw WrestleMania two days? No, God. No. I know it takes away from the day. But I, I can't do another seven-hour show. I'm telling no, you, it's no, going to no. be seven hours. Two four-hour show? Look no, at the whole weekend, Vinny. What are you going to do? You got NXT on Friday, which I'm telling you is the best show that wrestling has. It's better than anything in the world. I'm telling you, Saturday's Hall of Fame. You got to see the heart attack, Brett heart attack. Right. Um, and then you got WrestleMania, Raw, and SmackDown. And where are you going to end in another day? What are you going to take away? Bump on the Thursday. Well, <laughs> no, SmackDown, that's an extra day. <laughs> SmackDown is going to Thursday, isn't it? When it goes to Fox, that's right. And that's, then it's is it going to be? It's not going to be. But they got their TV deal with yes, TNT, sir. which will be launching the same time what? as SmackDown goes to Fox. SmackDown Thursday, Friday. No, now it's Tuesday. Tuesday live. Yeah. But that you know, if they do that, then it's not going to be in the same city as WrestleMania. They're not going to keep all the wrestlers right. there the extra Tuesday, Wednesday now because don't forget they get there for access yep. as soon as the show the week uh, before ends. So, oh, Mike, pretty good WrestleMania I weekend. I thought it was fine. I really did. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. It was just too long. Can I get you to watch NXT just once? Probably not. I mean, you're willing to watch AEW. Put it, put it on a TV channel. But why? Why would you watch AEW but not NXT? Minor leagues, minor leagues. AEW is having a a battle royal. Also, did you see they were bringing some old guys back? Glacier from WCW days. Uh, Glacier. They are having. I'm a a WCW guy, so I appreciate that. They're having a over the budget uh, battle royal. They're calling it. Let me just tell you, the guys that made in AEW that everybody's excited about are the same guys and, and come from the same place as all the NXT stars. Yeah, just telling you, it's not minor leagues. But they'll be billed properly. Um, and, dude, watch NXT. Trust me on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't steer you wrong. Why would I waste your time? Final thought, I hope everybody on the Tampa Bay Lightning get either anthrax or E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I agree with Pinion's final little. thought. I would also like to add that it's awesome Chris Davis doesn't have a hit yet. <laughs> it is awesome that this guy doesn't have a hit. He has no idea where the baseball is, and uh, it's just amazing. And, and Game of Thrones tomorrow night. And he has uh, the last laugh because... He's still making a shitload of money for four more years. Yeah. He's got three walks, Rob, and one was intentional. Somewhere, Why would you intentionally walk Chris Davis? A manager thought it was smart to walk Chris Davis, who doesn't have a hit. Was the first game of the season? I don't know. It doesn't matter. matter. He hasn't had a hit since I don't know. our show started. He has an intentional walk. Uh, you know my final thoughts. Go Islanders. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good night, everybody. We'll see you later. Good night, everybody.